welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Before our Bible reading this morning, I wanted to set the context. We're going to be looking at one of the great journeys in Scripture back in the book of Exodus. And it is the story of how God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt under the hand of Pharaoh and took them on a journey, a journey to the promised land, leaving the old behind and journeying to the new. And we're going to look at how God led his people. And in our context, as we've already been talking about this morning, is as people on a journey, a different journey, but many parallels are people who have journeyed into various forms of lockdown because of coronavirus. A lot of our routines have changed, our daily routines individually, our work routines, and our our church routines as well. And so with the people of Israel, we are learning to be God's people again. So what resources have we got? Well, I think we're going to find resources as we follow the journey of God's people. And reflect ourselves. What does it mean to be God's people individually and as a church in how we live our life of discipleship today? So we're going to be going back to the crossing of the Red Sea. What has just happened, of course, is the Passover, the great events of God's deliverance. God hears the cry of his people in slavery. Let my people go. And you'll remember the film. And uh, And there's the 10 plagues. And the last plague is the death of the firstborn in Egypt. And yet the people of Israel are spared because of the sacrifice of the lamb. And eventually Pharaoh relents and he says, be on your way. And that's where we're picking up the reading this morning from Exodus chapter 40. Today's reading is from Exodus chapter 14 verses 5 to 18 and 21 and 22. When the king of Egypt was told that the people have fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea at Pi-Harathoth, opposite Baal-Sephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. 
The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and their left. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, that you would interpret this scripture to us, that you, who are the Lord of the journey then, are the Lord of the journey now, and would you show us the way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, the Israelites are finally free, only for Pharaoh to change his mind, do a U-turn. When he realizes what he's done, he gathers his armies, his chariots and his horsemen, and he sends them after the Israelites. Note the way in that passage, the the forces of Pharaoh are described. So Pharaoh, his army, 600 of his best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over them. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops pursue the Israelites. Fourteen times in this chapter and the next, the, the chariots are mentioned. Twelve times horses and the horsemen. Well, what is the text saying to us? The might of Egypt, the regional superpower of its day, is chasing after the Israelites. And the Israelites at their back on the other side have the water, the sea. And the Israelites, of course, they, they see the forces of Pharaoh coming after them. And we read that they are terrified. And that sort of terror paralyzes and they are paralyzed. And of course, they then moan, they murmur at Moses and they, they, they say, you know, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out into the desert to die? And so they do a U-turn as well. And that they, they say, look, we'd have been better to be slaves in Egypt than to come out here and die. How easy is it to, to us to change our minds and look back? fondly on even circumstances that were actually imprisoning us. But of course, God is doing something here, and it is about God's glory, and it's about God's saving act, and and Moses prays to God. So he comes before God on behalf of the people, and he says to them, do not be afraid, stand firm, And you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. You only need to be still. Moses is praying. He's telling the people to be still, the place of prayer. 
And yet it's intriguing if you look at the text at what God then says to Moses straight after in the very next verse. Verse 15, then Moses, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell them to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand towards the sea. And, and to paraphrase, God, the Lord, is saying to Moses, stop praying and move into action. Get up and get on. And that's one of the great balances that as Christians that we have to work out, isn't it? Prayer is the beginning because we're seeking after God. But then there is always, always a time to move on, to move into action. And, and the people of Israel and Moses himself are actually caught between actually praying, Lord, we want to see your deliverance. We want to see you move. We want direction and actually take a step of faith towards the sea. Get on. Take that step of faith. And that it, this is the process of discernment. And we're all called to into that uh, coming before God, and yet we're all called into moving into action. I wonder which way you are more biased to pray and to pray, or action and action. And it might be that we're called to a correction there, each of us individually. So Moses raises up his hand. And the seas part, and I'm sure you've seen it in the movies, the way the seas part, and the Israelites pass through on dry ground. And the forces of Pharaoh follow after them, the chariots, the horsemen, the army. But when Moses turns round, stretches out his arm again, and the waters close in, the army of Pharaoh is destroyed. And the Israelites look back and they see the dead along the shore. And it's at this point we get a great confession of faith at the end of this account of the crossing of the sea. In verse 31, when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. They saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians and they put their trust in him. And that is the beginning point for any journey, any journey that we go on as individuals, as Christians, as the church. The fear of the Lord, it's in who he is and what he has done, the salvation he has won for us. And of course, this story, this account of Israel being sent out of Egypt and through the Red Sea becomes for us a prototype story that we see fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus this week after Easter. As the Passover celebrated the sacrifice of the lamb, so the Passover was reinterpreted by Jesus and he becomes the lamb who was slain for the world. But then the empty tomb becomes the Red Sea. It is through death, the deep waters of death, that Jesus passes and provides the way for our salvation. His death and resurrection, the story of what God has done for us, the beginning of any journey in Christ. And of course, this journey is picked up in the imagery of our baptism. It is at our baptism service that we talk about going in 
be joining Jesus in his death and resurrection under the water, being washed clean from our sin and rising to new life. And it is that life that is centered on Jesus Christ and what he has done, his death and resurrection, which look back to the crossing of the Red Sea. And we are baptized into that story. We commit ourselves to that, living out that story, both individually, but also in our baptism as a community, as a community of faith. We are baptized into a community of faith. We are baptized into one body, the church. So if we go back to our starting point, we're on a journey. We went into lockdown. Many of our services were stopped, suspended. We had to reorganize using the social media, using video like we are this morning. And yet we are moving on in our journey with hope in our hearts that we are emerging. And the question remains for us as the church, what are we re-emerging to? What was valuable that we should keep hold of? But we have learned, haven't we? Sometimes we look back and some things were, they're not bad in themselves, they, they weren't of first importance, and we need to reprioritize. And as people of God, the beginning point of reprioritizing is always on who God is and what he has done for us and the people he is calling us to be. We're called to ask that question afresh in every generation. He's calling out of people to serve him in discipleship, to pray and to move into action. And so if you're watching this and you're part of our church in West Cheltenham or wherever you're watching from, I, I think the invitation, the challenge is, you know, what is the part that we are playing in this journey? As individuals, as Christian disciples, but as part of our commitment to the body of Christ. And that's what we're going to be exploring for the next five weeks as we journey on. Israel, the people of God who are learning to be God's people again are going to learn lessons, as are we, on the way. But first, we are called to recommit, both to God and to each other. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again. Thank you.